But the reality is you just have to jump in and do it. It's like sink or swim and keep swimming, right? Like don't give up, keep chasing it. And I think too, kind of again, if it's where you're supposed to be, it's going to work out. And if you're truly passionate about it, it's going to all, you know, organically fall into place. After several years on the runway and in high fashion, Melody Simmons saw a need. She shifted her focus off of the runway and onto supporting other people as they navigated through the effects of eating disorder. Melody Simmons is a licensed professional counselor and she is doing amazing work in Arizona and across the nation as she helps others as they navigate through the effects of eating disorders, helping them to explore and to challenge their core beliefs. Welcome to the Spare Change Podcast, Melody Simmons. I am super excited to have you. And over the past few months, we've really had the opportunity to get to know each other and what you're doing right now in the community and the world. Oh my gosh, you know, there is a huge need for it. Um, and I am super excited to have this conversation, especially being that it is May with Mental Health Awareness Month. Welcome to the podcast, Melody. Thank you. You're welcome. So Melody, to kick it off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? For example, what is one word that describes who you are and why? I would say that I'm innovative. Um, since it's also May and Mental Health Awareness Month, um, I've always been innovative in the mental health space, um, thinking about new ideas, bringing things that people haven't done before uh, to the table and really succeeding in that. And so innovative would be my word. Nice. Love it. Melody, when you think about that spirit change moment that brought you to where you are today, what is that moment? I would say when I decided to leave everything that I worked for in Tennessee and come all the way to Globe, Arizona and work with the San Carlos Apache tribe. And so just to give you a little bit of background about me, I'm originally from Alaska, born and raised. I got my undergraduate from the University of Alaska um, only because my parents didn't allow me to leave. They um, thought I was too young, which I totally understand now that I have three kids myself, but at 16, they weren't ready to allow me to leave. So I got my bachelor's um, at 20 from the University of Alaska. Um, when I was 21, or I guess yeah, when I was 20, I left and I went to Mississippi College. And how I found Mississippi College was actually my junior year, I was able to do a year on exchange, the National Student Exchange to Jackson State University. So I fell in love with Mississippi. I fell in love with the culture. I fell in love with my sorority. And so um, got my master's degree at Mississippi College and was, I was doing intensive in-home counseling at the time. And that was dealing with the Medicaid population, um, going to the kids' homes and providing services for their family. And then I saw the disparity between the medication prescriber and the counseling. And so with that, I being innovative, right, wanted to do something more for my patients. And so I went uh, to Nashville, Tennessee, and applied to Vanderbilt University, where they had an advanced standing nurse practitioner program. Okay, this was back in 2000. Oh, goodness. 2011. Okay. So mental health looked very different back then. And so what I... Um, 
I got into Vanderbilt University and was in this advanced standing two-year nurse practitioner program. As I was in there, I was also doing some professional model and talent work. Um, runway and high fashion was what I was slotted for. I also did some commercial print work, but um, just trying to balance both, trying to balance um, studies at one of the top universities in the country, as well as doing a lot of um, runway, high fashion shows, commercials, print work, really just trying to balance the two, but still having that passion for the disparity between the counseling side and the medication management side. So um, my goal actually um, long ago was to open up a behavioral health clinic, Puka uh, Lounge, mm -hmm. and it was gonna be called Mellows. And there I really wanted people to just mellow out, just have really good conversations, really good thoughts, um, and just come together and talk about real issues in a safe space, right? So that was my first goal. Um, again, you know, being that innovative person. So um, after I spent some time at Vanderbilt and also modeling, I realized that I was chasing the success of um, getting external validation. So being validated in the modeling industry for the way that I looked, for the way the garments hung on my body, for my body, um, with Vanderbilt University, getting that approval, you know, seeking that approval from my parents who are originally from Tennessee, who truly valued um, Vanderbilt University and education in general. But what I found for myself was that I really wasn't happy and I was doing things for other people. And, you know, with the um, modeling and talent industry, you know, you, you're told no a lot, right? You're told no more than you're told yes. And so, you know, again, just questioning, you know, do I need to do something to my body? Am I not good enough? Do I need to alter myself in some way? And so really just being tired of um, that kind of lifestyle, uh, my now husband and I packed up everything from Nashville, Tennessee, and we, um, well, actually, I, I first actually moved to Globe, Arizona. So I took a summer job working with the San Carlos Apache tribe. And um, there I worked with their youth and we traveled around Arizona. It was like a two month like summer camp. And so there we were staying in tents, we were eating fried bread, we were cooking food over the um, fire pit. I mean, it was true rustic living, which was so different than my experience in Nashville and in the modeling talent industry. I just felt free. I felt like I could be myself. I felt there was no judgment. And I loved that opportunity. And so um, when I returned from Nashville, my husband and I decided to um, move to Arizona. Um, we loved it. My parents worked for Banner Health, which is you know the large healthcare system out here, but they worked for Banner Health in Alaska. So growing up, my dad traveled to Good Sam very frequently, like weekly, doing different projects with Good Sam. So we had some connections here and I was familiar with Arizona. Um, but that moment for me was so freeing to just be, you know, with the San Carlos Apache tribe in the woods, sleeping in tents, eating food from a fire, you know, not bathing daily and not caring and not getting that external validation. Right. Wow. Wow. Your background, I mean, goodness, talk about two different dynamics, right? So going from kind of this life that it almost sounds like um, perhaps maybe it wasn't, was, was it chosen for you? Let me not, not, let me not complete your words for you, but 
was this a life that you chose for yourself in modeling or do you feel like you were steered that direct in that direction well you know that's interesting you say that because growing up I I was never the smart one right so I have my sister Harmony and she she's very smart she was very strong academically um she did really well and granted I also did really well academically um, but just not you know I wasn't Harmony and so for me I again was chasing that validation, that approval from my parents to be smart. And so that's why I felt like I need to just plow through my studies so that they can say, oh, Melody, you know, you're smart too. Oh, Melody, you got into Vanderbilt, great. But even just growing up, how we were socialized, you know, Harmony would get the VTech computer, but then I would get like the Barbie dolls and the makeup. And so we were socialized very different. And so it was only, I guess, natural in a sense for me then to go into more of the, you know, beauty modeling industry, because that was just what I grew up around. People complimented me. I'm taller, you know, I'm thinner, just um, genetics. And um, I've always been asked to, to model or to do this. And so when I was approached by a, um, an agent, I thought, you know what, now's the time to do it. Why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you think about that, and I think about just even our audience as they listen to it, right? So I am one of four girls and I'm the baby actually. And you, you think about the influence that um, our family have on our life and how we, even how we see ourselves. And sometimes that can really shape how we show up in the world. And in your case, it sounds like it made a huge impact on the decisions that you made the way that you saw yourself. Um, and so, you know, when you transitioned to um, Globe and you had this sense of freedom, what were some of the beliefs or those core beliefs that you had to change to even get to where you are today? Yeah, I had to work through a lot. You know, I definitely was one that would never leave the house without makeup. And I would shower every day <laughs> and, you know, just, from that, like being able to go into the world, you know, without makeup, you know, now I'm, I usually don't wear makeup actually now. Um, but you know, that was a huge step for me to be able to be comfortable in my skin. You know, I would be a little bit paranoid thinking, are they talking about me? Um, or even just with what I was wearing, um, you know, Arizona is very hot. And so even just sometimes wearing, um, different clothes that may feel a little bit tighter, maybe being insecure in my body and what that may look like and feeling like other people may judge me. So I had to work through a lot of that for sure. Yeah. And you even think about, um, it's almost what you're experiencing as I hear, hear about it, you know, it's almost like that imposter syndrome in, in several different ways, right? How do you show up? How, you know, this kind of the perfectionist um, as you, you know, as you discuss the way that you showed up in the world, making sure that you had yourself made up so that, so that you continue this image, right? Um, you know, when you think about just, you know, transitioning, here you are, what, you know, a decade or so later, right? Um, what would you tell someone, you know, that might have been your age then? What would you say to them? I would say follow your true north mm -hmm. and follow your passion and your dreams mm -hmm. and for yourself right not for other people 
because that got me stuck, you know, for years and years and years, just trying to have some, you know, my parents approve what I'm doing, right? Um, trying to look a certain way so that maybe I get, you know, picked up for this show or I land this commercial. And at the end of the day, I wasn't happy with it myself. And so now that I have my um, private practice and I focus on eating disorders and um, I'm able to do some training and consultations across the nation for people that need additional training, um, it's phenomenal. And just being able to help people find and discover their authentic self apart from weight, saves, weight size, shape, food, um, it's really, really beautiful and start living for themselves. Mm -hmm. I love that. Melody, is it, was it your work um, on the runway that really led you to the eating disorder space or was it something else? You know, I always, it's very strange. So I've always been interested in um, eating disorders. My mom worked at the hospital also um, at Banner Health. And I remember she would tell me like some of her patients, you know, if they were, you know, um, anorexic or they had binge eating, like just some of their behaviors and things that she observed. And I always thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And so um, intervention was a big show on a and &E. And I remember I just loved watching the people with eating disorders. You know, it was just a draw. So for me, fortunately, I never struggled with an eating disorder, um, even throughout the modeling and talent world. Um, I think for me, it was more um, what, what uh, Jenny Schaefer coined societal ed or societal eating disorder. And that's just um, maybe just being dissatisfied with your body, but not doing anything compensatory to where it's unhealthy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, yeah, I think that it had, you know, definitely my lifestyle influenced my thoughts around like my body image and eating disorders, but it was just interesting. You know, I think people with eating disorders are so complex, oftentimes very high achieving, perfectionist, um, you know, they have the pressure that we all have, right, from society and that, you know, we ought to look a certain way. And, you know, people that are attractive, they do tend to have more opportunities and they go further. And that's just unfortunately the society that we live in. So again, when people are chasing that validation, you know, it impacts their overall self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what is a lesson or even, um, some type of tip that you would give to someone that is perhaps maybe seeking the validation of others? Validate yourself. Mm -hmm. How can I validate myself? Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, as you were talking about true north, you were talking a bit about like finding that combination between your purpose and your beliefs. Do you want to dive into that just a little bit deeper? Yeah, I think for me, um, Again, wanting that external validation. So I remember I landed my first, when I was 30, okay, I made my first $100,000. Well, it was, a little, it was quite a bit over $100,000, right? But it was my first six-figure income. And I was so excited. I mean, I thought I had made it, you know? I thought, oh my goodness, this is incredible. I'm a director at this, um, you know, world-renowned treatment facility. I'm making like incredible money, um, but I wasn't happy, right? Because again, it really wasn't what I wanted to do. I again was seeking, I was chasing those titles. 
I was chasing dollars and that only lasts so far. Um, I have four-year-old twins. And so when I was doing that, the twins were like six, like six months, right? I just went back to work and landed this position and I was working so much. I didn't really get to see them, you know, because they were babies and they're on a routine. So by the time I came home, I was basically feeding them and then putting them to bed. And so again, I feel like I missed out on so much because I was chasing dollars, chasing titles. Right, right. And you bring up such a valid point because, you know, when you think about success, um, and, you know, I think about even the way success was described to me, it's chasing that corporate or climbing that corporate ladder, right? Moving up, making those dollars. And so, you know, our, well, my definition of success was really driven based off of what I was taught, i.e. my parents' definition of success or my inner circle's definition of success. And I think I was well into my late 30s before I had to take a step back and define what success means to me, right? And so when you think about even just your journey and even where you are now, how would you define success or help another person define success? For me, success is balance. And so I'm a millennial and a lot of millennials want that balance. You know, we're not going to work, you know, for somebody for, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day um, because we want our own personal time, our own life. And so for me, success is balance. So um, I decided to, you know, take a leap of faith and again, leaving a six figure position and really fully pour myself into my private practice. Mm-hmm. It has been incredible. I was so scared um, because again, you know, I do have expenses, right? And I have three kids and a dog, and you know, and so things just get expensive. And so I was really scared, but it felt right. I felt like I had the support. I had a solid foundation um, and I did it. And you know, I'm still on track to make, you know, again in a six-figure range, right? So again, it's just following your true north, following your passion, um, listening to your purpose, and having that balance. Um, Because now I'm able to schedule clients when I choose to see them. I'm able to um, spend time with my kids, um, spend time with my husband. Um, It's just really been incredible. Yeah, you're cultivating the life that you want. I so love it. You know, as I listen to your story, Melody, first of all, this is such an honor because I haven't heard that much of it. But as I listen to your story, it was like, it's like in those moments where you made these drastic leaps or these decisions to do what made your heart smile Mm -hmm. instead of do what you believe was the right thing to do are those spaces where you really excelled and you kind of, and you found yourself in the space where you're happy, where you're living a life of purpose and intention. Yes, going back to being innovative, right? Right. What I'm doing is I have a balance. So it's not that I'm only seeing clients, I'm doing supervision for people to get their um, independent license in the state of Arizona, to to get their certification as an eating disorder specialist, I'm doing a lot of consultations across the nation with other treatment centers um, that are looking to open up. And so, you know, not just focusing in on one thing, it's been really nice to um, have a little bit of everything. So I'm not just kind of stagnant. 
Yeah, that, and then also that multiple streams of income help as a business <laughs> owner, right? And it, it, like to your point, man, you know, it helps you stay on top of what you're doing. It helps you think about things differently. So let's go back a little bit. When you you talk, you have talked quite a bit about courage and finding the courage to do um, what you need to do, right? To push beyond your mental boundaries and limits. So how would you? What would you say to someone else that might be struggling to find that courage? How would you help them take that leap of faith? You know, I wish there was something like creative or something that I could say, but the reality is you just have to jump in and do it. It's like sink or swim and keep swimming, right? Like don't give up, keep chasing it. And I think too, kind of, again, if it's where you're supposed to be, it's going to work out. And if you're truly passionate about it, it's going to all, you know, organically fall into place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so true. And you think about even just, um, you know, your journey, right? Being willing to do something that is against the norm. You know, I think that most of us get stuck in just the routine of life or the safety, what's perceived as the safety net of life. Um, and then we, we're missing out on opportunities to really cultivate something new, to um, again, push beyond our own limits and our own boundaries. And shoot, for lack of words, prove other people wrong, right? Right, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think about how much we have to offer just as individuals to the world, you know, and to your point, when we have a vision, um, just being able to walk boldly in that vision and to make it happen. You know, for, for someone that might be listening, um, that stumbled upon this because of who you are, right? Um, and they might be struggling with eating disorders. Is there any uh, words of encouragement or advice that you might would want to leave them? Absolutely. There are a lot of free eating disorder support groups, and a lot of them are virtual. And so if you don't have the means to um, seek counseling or get a registered dietitian, definitely go to those free support groups. Mm -hmm. Very helpful. Very helpful. Um, if you do have the means and you are struggling, I would recommend getting somebody that works with eating disorders, finding that certified eating disorder specialist, finding that registered dietitian who has a focus in eating disorders. But getting help is, is gonna be key because we have to eat. You know, unlike you know, alcohol, for example, right? You can go to different places that don't have bars. You can surround yourself around people that are sober, but we have to eat to survive and you have to eat. And so that's what makes it challenging um, especially just within our culture, um, everything's around food. You know, you have a gathering, well, what are you going to bring to eat? Or let's go to a restaurant. And you're faced with that every day and you need to eat to live. So definitely get the help um, that you need. Nice, thank you. And in closing, everyone, I just want you to, I, I want you to know that you heard it here first. So Melody said, finding your true north is a combination of your purpose and your beliefs putting what you value first, which is you. <laughs> All right. So Melody, thank you so much for being on the Spirit Change podcast. Grateful for you. <laughs> yeah.
I appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Spare Change. Be sure to stay connected for future episodes. You can follow me on social media or visit my website at AngelaRGarman.com. Talk to you soon.